This is Plant-Based Briefing, Zero Waste Cooking for Vegans, Do's and Don'ts, Part 2, by Brigitte Jem at veganfamilykitchen.com. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and this is the curated content plant-based podcast for people interested in all facets of plant-based and vegan living, but short on time. I curate and narrate, with permission, a variety of articles in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article was longer than that, so I split it up into two parts. I read part one yesterday, so go back and listen to that first if you haven't already. And now we'll get to part two today. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Zero Waste Cooking for Vegans, Do's and Don'ts, Part 2, by Brigitte Jam of VeganFamilyKitchen.com. Choosing between glass and plastic when it comes to packaged foods. Plastic has a really, really bad reputation in the zero-waste crowd, and I agree it is a pest. It keeps on breaking down into smaller and smaller pieces that are increasingly hard to capture and never biodegrade. Some say there will be more plastic than fish by mass in the oceans by 2050, and there's probably some truth to that. Fishing nets constitute the bulk of plastic pollution in the oceans. But a lot of the plastic slowly cooking in open-air Asian material recovery and breaking down in international waters can be traced back to North American recycling bins. It's awful, awful, awful. Refuse and rethink should always be our first steps. But once we make the conscious decision to buy something packaged, if we have a choice between two products, should we always pick the one that comes in glass? I say no. Let's take yogurt. There's been a bit of a craze in Canada with a new brand of yogurt with vegan options that come in those really cute but tiny glass jars. Apparently, tiny glass jars pull at shoppers' heartstrings as effectively as puppies. Everyone wanted them and convinced themselves they could reuse the jars for crafting or some other creative use. Matching plastic lids are even available right there next to the yogurt shelves at the supermarket. Marketing genius! But, how many 4-ounce jars of yogurt does the average yogurt lover go through in a week, a month, a year? I can think of uses for 4, 8, maybe 16 of those jars. But what about 100? How big of a home does one need to have to keep that many jars for future projects that are unlikely to ever come to fruition? Trend-savvy marketers are aware of the zero-waste movement's appeal, but let's not allow ourselves to be played so easily— Producing and transporting glass containers generates much more emissions than plastic equivalents. In reality, only a minuscule fraction of the glass jars the average North American family buys every year get reused, while only about one-third get recycled. And when it is recycled, it requires a lot of energy to do so. Moreover, glass's breakability means that more products may be wasted before they reach consumers. Plastic yogurt tubs may be less fashionable, but one could argue they are less damaging for the environment. At the end of the day, the solution is to avoid single-use and packaged items as much as possible. In many cases, it might mean a shift in our habits. Personally, I love plant-based yogurt, but the wasted containers turn me away. I wish I could make it at home more often, but it just doesn't fit my lifestyle at the moment. I enjoy overnight oats and homemade soy milk just as much, so that's what I have for breakfast. I enjoy yogurt as a treat on occasion. What about drinks? Look at your recycling bin. What takes the most space? I bet it's drink containers. I'm not sure how beverage companies have managed to ingratiate themselves so deeply into North American families, but there you are. Everyone seems to be drinking something other than water all the time, and the resulting waste is mind-boggling. Personally, I prefer plain tap water. Capilano tonic, ice cold, please. But my husband has a thirst for carbonated drinks. 
As the grocery shopper, I hated dragging the cans uphill from the store to say nothing of the overflowing recycling bin. We managed to reduce the amount of single-use containers we go through by buying a soda stream machine that lives on the countertop. The gas cartridges get exchanged at the store and reused many times. He's taken to drinking it plain, but there are homemade syrup recipes you can find online. And if you want to buy a soda stream, consider buying the no-frills model without batteries, which should be easy to find on the second-hand market. Kitchen Cleaning Products All of my kitchen cleaning is done with either plain dish soap or a solution of vinegar and water that I put in a spray bottle. Both dish soap and vinegar are available at our refill store, thankfully. They also refill our dishwasher powder. If you can find such a store in your city, you're golden. Check these directories for the USA and Canada, respectively, linked here. Zero-waste kitchen products I use and those I don't. Mason jars are the working horses of my pantry organization system. For the most part, they are for room temperature and refrigerator storage. The only ones I use in the freezer are the two-cup straight-wall ones. I use exclusively wide-mouth styles in various sizes. Perhaps two or three per year break one way or another, so it's not a foolproof system. Be aware that the two-part metal lids are airtight, but the white plastic ones are not and can leak. Leftovers, batch-cooked meals, and prepped components of future dishes are usually stored in rectangular glass containers with snap-top plastic lids. I get the latter from IKEA because I can easily replace parts if the containers break or lids go missing or reincarnated into single socks. They are freezer-friendly and more space-efficient than round ones. Labels. Lots of labels. Knowing what's in there increases the likelihood that it gets eaten instead of wasted. We haven't bought paper towels in years. We use a combination of tea towels, lovingly woven by my aunt, rags, and cloth napkins. No need to buy anything new to you. Church rummage sale tables are piled high with beautiful kitchen linens of all types. My husband's coffee gets made in an automatic espresso machine. We had a cheaper, semi-automatic machine before, and it was great too. The single-use coffee pods are so pointless, it blows my mind. No wonder the original inventor regrets creating them in the first place. We have a set of stainless steel metal straws to prevent smoothie mustaches. The energy required to create a single stainless steel straw is equivalent to the manufacturing of about 150 straws, so there's no point in buying those if they get lost after a few uses. I follow their whereabouts like a hawk. When out and about, I carry our own cutlery in a repurposed pencil case along with a few cloth napkins and metal straws, although I'm very wary of losing those. But usually it's quote-unquote disposable but sturdy plastic cutlery. Despite our efforts to avoid single-use items, we often end up using some when we are on the go, so we keep them, wash them, and reuse them. That's what I use for the kids' lunches, too. Over 90% of the time, those forks and spoons come back, but if they get lost, no big deal, whereas I would go bonkers if my good cutlery went missing. In the past, I succumbed to the cuteness of a cute set of metal travel cutlery with a carrying pouch, which broke into pieces after less than a dozen uses. Lesson learned, just use what's at hand instead of buying dedicated zero-waste items. I do not use beeswax wraps. I generally avoid bee-derived items, but a few years back I was gifted a couple of those wraps and tried them out. Despite my best efforts, they lost their waxiness within a few months. I suspect it had something to do with my household's other dishwasher, a.k.a. husband, using hot water on them. I keep thinking I should follow instructions to make some vegan food wraps, but really I don't need them. I just put food in containers with a lid and call it a day. 
I do have one roll of plastic wrap that I use very sparingly. It's kind of small, yet I've had it for over a year. When it runs out, I may not replace it. Obviously, I use reusable shopping bags and throw them in the wash every once in a while, probably not often enough. I hate how many stores have taken to freely distributing reusable shopping bags with their brand, as the bag's environmental footprint is significant and they're already overabundant. I also have about a dozen fabric and mesh bags of various sizes for bulk items and produce. That said, produce seldom actually needs to be bagged. There's no reason why mangoes and apples can't fraternize in a shopping bag. I throw those in the wash after nearly every use. Zero Waste Lunches Using a bento-style box for the kids' lunches is first and foremost a mental health decision, but the divided containers also allow us to use little to no packaged or processed foods. For their noon-hour meal, my kids enjoy a combination of raw or cooked ingredients that we commonly eat, like beans, grains, veggies, and fruit. They are picky eaters who don't like foods that touch anyway, so keeping each item separated from the others is perfect for them. My children are currently 8 and 4. Although we do own stainless steel planet boxes, the rover kind with five compartments, both kids still bring their plastic yum box to school most days. I find that the rover is a little too big for their appetite, but if I put less food in there, it looks sad. Moreover, the rovers take more real estate on the lunch table, whereas the yum box lids can stay up when open, making it easier to share a table with 20 friends. The unboxes are very durable and the inner trays can go in the dishwasher, although we prefer just washing them by hand. As for adults, we tend to eat leftovers for lunch. We just prep them as we clean up the kitchen in the evening, transferring cooked food from cooking vessels to rectangular glass containers or occasionally mason jars. My husband often rides his bike to work and prefers not to carry a bag. Thus, he often transfers his lunch to a zip-top bag. Those get reused a few times, but eventually the edges tear up and they have to go. If anyone knows of a really durable and really airtight but soft-sided solution to replace zip-top bags, I would love to know. I have owned a few different brands of silicone alternatives, but none was durable enough to justify the investment, which in the end means it's more wasteful. We do have a few zippered pouches for snacks, too, so we don't need to use plastic wrap. Keeping the big picture in mind. Going vegan? Easy. Going zero waste? Wow. Living even a mostly zero-waste life in our modern society is a struggle, unless we make a conscious effort to make it a priority and make the rest of our lives' decisions accordingly. For most of us, going zero-waste in the kitchen cannot be done without making substantial lifestyle changes, including eating a simpler diet, shopping from stores with well-stocked bulk sections, and prioritizing cooking from scratch. What the planet needs now is more imperfect vegans and also more imperfect zero-wasters. You just listened to Zero Waste Cooking for Vegans, Do's and Don'ts, Part 2, by Brigitte Jam at veganfamilykitchen.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is Plant-Based Briefing. Please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.